What made you kind of become an advocate, the advocate for sustainability? Well, I think I always had an interest in living sustainably. And I got involved in politics when my kids were young. I think a lot of people do have a moment in their life where they feel like they want to improve the, the world. Um, and that was the reason I joined politics. And I joined an environmental political party in Ireland. And after working in it, I was heavily involved for four years. And then I went and I was researching something and I realized I knew less than I thought because being involved in the political party, you're sort of at high level and you're talking about policy, but the day-to-day -day decisions that a citizen makes in their life, you that sort of information wasn't trickling down. Um, and so I decided, well, if I don't know, and it turned out it was coffee cups before we had compostable coffee cups. So the normal single use coffee cups, I didn't know they weren't recyclable or biodegradable. Um, and I couldn't believe that I wasn't aware of that. So that's when I started researching and I was keeping a record of what I was learning because there was so much information and the easiest way to record it really was in a blog, which yeah. over the six years that I've been writing it now has morphed into more of a, it's moved away from the blog format. And now it's like a resource for anyone who wants to live more sustainably primarily in Ireland, but it's also, you know, got information that would be relevant to an English speaker, maybe in Europe. Um, and so that's what living lightly in Ireland has become now. Um, so that was the main reason that I sort of got into it. I just, I love information. I love, and I love sharing information. And so I wanted to learn about this topic and to save time, people time, having to do the research I was doing, then why not share it with them so that they could benefit? I'm Alexandra Kreis, and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. In my own search for self-understanding, I have met people from all walks of life. I bring to you a taste of these encounters. Welcome to Outer Travel in a Journey here with Alexandra and today with Elaine Butler from Dublin, Ireland. Hi, Elaine. Hi, lovely to chat to you. Lovely for you making time. Today we want to talk a little bit about what's very dear to Elaine's heart and that's sustainable living and she writes about it. She has her own podcast about it and she is proactive on all levels of sustainability. So I thought it would be nice to have somebody like you coming on the show and maybe finding out a little bit what moves somebody into sustainability and then beyond, you know, their own intake um, or on take of the situation go above and beyond and make it like their virtue to, to help other people with it. So just for the listener, um, Elaine mentioned her blog, which is Living Lightly in Ireland, just to highlight that, where you can get all the information so that that doesn't get lost but I know what you're saying I totally got you at that moment where you said you know everybody wants to improve the environment society I certainly have been there and I'm still there and for me it moved more into the realms of helping people along to be more you know I wouldn't say sustainable but more in tune with themselves and in love with themselves in a way because that often kind of leads into less using 
things that are not in harmony with nature, you know? So what can you remember? Was there a triggering moment for you? Because sustainability is also such a big, um, you know, keyword hashtag thing these days, you know, everybody is kind of into sustainability. And so I was just wondering what really triggered you to, to do this? Can you remember, or is there no such story? Well, for me, it was not understanding it fully and wanting to understand it fully, but that's just the way my brain ticks if there's something that I need to explore. But I do think that I always talk about sustainability as a journey and a lot of people in the sustainability sphere do too. Most people join it because um, they want to use less plastic or they want to buy secondhand clothes. So there's a very specific task that they want to undertake and they want to find information about that and I was the same I was just trying to reduce my plastic intake my carbon footprint it was very specific but over the last six years what I've discovered is that it's not about making different choices it's not just about making different choices because that is part of it but it's also about having a different set of priorities and living differently and for me an awful lot of the the issues that cause unsustainable behavior are a symptom of a way of life that I don't think sustains humanity. I don't think it feeds our soul or our mind. And so we paper over the cracks with consumption and overindulgence and convenience. And an awful lot of times people choose convenience because they really are run ragged mm. um, and so I think the working, the modern world is, uh, is too fast paced. And because of that, we don't have time to form genuine connections with people in our lives and in our communities. And they're the things that really feed you. As I was moved to more sustainable life, you really have to live and operate and connect with your community because you're avoiding buying stuff. So you're borrowing and you're lending and um getting things secondhand getting things repaired and so you interact with people a lot more than you would do in you know a traditional linear way of living where you're clicking yeah and seeing the delivery arrive on the doorstep Mm. and so the happy experience or the surprise as a result of that is that I just feel embedded in a community much more than I did previously and I've realized that that solved an awful lot of issues for me like i you know, maybe would have treated myself by shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really feel the need to yeah. do that. So it actually removed the need. Yeah. So instead I, I might have started out by doing it, buying secondhand or buying sustainable, but actually now I just don't feel the need for retail therapy because I don't know. And it sounds maybe a little bit uh, out there, but you just feel more nurtured by having friends and connections that you can go and meet somebody for coffee or you can go to an event that's being organized by people in this yeah. sphere, you know, and that just, yeah. I just seems more wholesome and it's more rewarding yeah. than the, the activities I would have done previously. Isn't it amazing? We have to say that it sounds outlandish that we're seeking connection again with human beings instead of with screens and tap things and somebody delivers something you don't even you know need to go through the aisles and choose it and make the time and all that that was involved and 
And I remember a time when that was high priority. So it's all taken a whole kind of swipe up. And now we're kind of coming back down to what is actually what we are wired for. That's what I think. You know, we're wired for connections and we're wired for interactions. And so when we talk about sustainability, we haven't kind of defined the term. When you said you wanted to know more about it, I just realized maybe I don't know much about sustainability. So what would you say is beyond what you already mentioned, you know, that it becomes a lifestyle, a reconnecting with to uh, with your network and what's available to you in this open world. But where does the original thought come from? Well, in a nutshell, sustainability is living in a manner that protects the planet and resources for future generations. It's as simple as that. And so, you know, similar to the Native American way of approaching things where they make decisions with the next seven generations in mind, it's that sort of thing. So if we're Mm. cutting down the forest now, where is the timber going to come for the next generation or you know how does that affect biodiversity that's going to impact on the crops that the next generation are growing and so you're you're making decisions now with a view to how it will impact people in the future and so the thing about you know using less resources buying secondhand they're all ways to achieve sustainability but as long as you're living in a manner that protects the future, protects the planet and resources for future generations, then that is the overarching definition of sustainability. Yeah. And there are people out there that obviously think of that we might also stop thinking about just this planet. I'm just putting it out here, you know, so just putting it out here and that there, we really truly live already in a multiverse. You know, there's not just one planet, but there's loads and loads of planets around us how do you you know how do you deal with that thought and that argument when you say loads of planets do you mean like other planets we could live on yes well i mean there were definitely some individuals who were putting bets on that and trying to invest (laughs) in that and but when you think about it like it's like those doomsday movies that you see released where everyone's clamoring to get onto the spaceship to escape earth at the end of days to go to these other planets. And so not all of us on the planet are going to get onto those spaceships. So it's only really for a select few. And that's why if you believe in climate change and climate catastrophe, then why wouldn't you act to prevent it happening because unless you're connected to Jeff, you know, to Bezos or to um, any of the other billionaires who are are creating rockets, then your chances of getting on one of those spaceships is very limited. So you might as well uh, put your money into something that is probably going to be more realistic for you. Um, And and I'm hoping like with new technology and also with this shift in mindset in citizens' minds that we have a fighting chance of at least minimizing the death toll at this stage, but it remains to be seen. I mean, I wouldn't say that everybody's into sustainability at all. I think there's quite a lot of people who want it done for them. Um, yeah. and like so, in what ways? Like, I mean, there's very simple ways to be sustainable. You know, one of the things we have in Ireland is people leave their engine idling while they're parked. Mm-hmm. I just forget to turn it off. And I mean, there's no benefit to that. Maybe in winter where you have the heating on, but like in summer, I see people doing it in summer. Um, And like people just 
don't necessarily want to change how they live and they like their shopping and they like buying things new and they like putting everything into the bin instead of having to think about where they might donate it. And now I don't think everyone is like that, but a large proportion of um, the, of society is like that. Not enough people are making enough change at this point in time. Um, and it just remains to be seen whether it, it changes quickly enough for us to avoid the worst of climate catastrophe. It reminds me a little bit of, and I don't want to have a political argument here. I'm just kind of like seeing where your interest lies, you know, and looking into somebody who likes the connection to it. Um, but it reminds me of the unconvenient truth, you know, like where you kind of feel like, well, I'm trying to, you know, help along. But obviously it's not me who's creating this, but the, you know, bigger manufacturers, bigger factories that are all producing things. Um, so maybe people are just disheartened. The ones that don't come into the thought of sustainability, maybe they're just disheartened by the... By uh, you this. know, possibly, but I mean, if you saw, you know, if you if you saw that there was a fire coming towards you, would you not try and run? Or would you sit there and go, hmm, there's no point. I mean, I prefer to run and maybe you know meet my maker on the way than to just sit and like not even try so maybe yeah. but and, and I do think there is an argument that you know maybe some of the responsibility lies at the feet of you know large organizations who knew this was a reality but but we're customers of a lot of those manufacturers and it's not like there aren't alternatives mm -hmm. you know so People say, oh, Coca-Cola are the biggest polluter in the world because it's generally Coca-Cola bottles or their bottles that are end up on beaches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and there is an issue with putting plastic into societies that aren't organized to deal with that waste. Um, but in the overdeveloped world, you know, yeah. uh, the Western world, like we have choices. So mm. there are people still buying product mm. from coca-cola and then if they have a difficulty with it then yeah. why are you you know mm. so we're we're all we all have to do our bit and mm. rather than point the finger and say well i'm not doing anything because that person's not doing something then mm. i would rather do my bit and point the finger at the other person and say <laughs> well you need to try harder <laughs> whereas we yeah. all just stand and watch the world burn pointing fingers at one another i mean it doesn't really help us no even if it's not fair I can get that it's not fair, but it doesn't really help anybody to do that. No, and I think um, to me, when I listen to the arguments around sustainability, it's not that I'm not for it and that I don't, don't want to do my thing. It's a little bit like um, when I started doing yoga, you know, it was purely for the sense of I started with a vigorous style and I, I come from 30 years back in yoga you know and I started with a vigorous style where I felt like I do a little bit of sports so to speak and then the whole thing rolled up on me you know like I couldn't stop the the input that was coming its own way like you said you you started with trying to understand sustainability and then suddenly you notice it's about connection and you know like more satisfaction in that connection And I think that was the same for me with yoga, you know, something just added up and I started eating differently without me having to announce myself to be anything of a certain diet or, you know, connoisseur or vegan. I don't know, you know, it doesn't matter. It was just like, I got more aware of what my body wants. And so 
sustainability to me is in that sense the reaching out into the world you know now now i know what my body wants you know and now i can listen to what the world wants so to speak you know like what the planet wants or needs and so on if, if that yeah. somehow makes sense to you you know no, absolutely so and i think that mm. that's what the basis of the website is i found that when people started to do just one thing just trying to be more sustainable in one area of their life mm -hmm. it had a knock-on effect um nobody goes from you know zero to hero immediately they're not lobbying their polit local politician on day two what yeah. you find is somebody's trying to avoid plastic and then they might start to look at buying organic if they could afford it then they might look at their meat consumption and then they sort of feel like well I know a little bit about this so if they do meet a politician or they're talking to a director of a company they feel more comfortable challenging some of their decisions and so it, it it's the first step really which I think is the most important which is why I think it's disappointing sometimes I hear the argument of people saying oh don't bother with straws, there's bigger problems and things like that. And I totally accept there are bigger problems, but the straw might be the first step for that individual. And it's not important yeah. whether it's a straw or something else. What's important yeah. is that they make the first step. And if they've made the first step and shared photos of them having a drink without a straw or whatever, and then they see yeah. on social media people dissing that as a choice, then they may never start again because they feel foolish you know so i think we should just encourage all movement in the right direction and i think we're too quick to to shout greenwashing as well sometimes when companies mm. are starting out because there is some greenwashing and greenwashing when it's intentionally misleading a customer i think is not to be um you know we shouldn't allow that to happen we should stand up against that but some companies are as confused as individuals as to what's genuinely sustainable and what isn't. And I think have a conversation with them and maybe correct them if you know what is truly sustainable. But this name and shame business without a dialogue, I think, is disappointing. And I don't think it does anyone any favors. And again, to those who are not so tuned into the keywords of sustainability, can you just quickly explain greenwashing so that we don't miss out on that? So greenwashing is the intentional misleading of customers around sustainability uh, um, attributes. So somebody saying, claiming that this is sustainable when it isn't, or it's something that everyone else does. So for instance, like you might say, oh, so our paint is free of lead. Mm -hmm. and all paint is free of lead mm -hmm. and so that's sort of and when you're in the industry you know that and so that's sort of misleading to say it and that this is like a special feature so that would be considered mm -hmm. greenwashing and actually that <laughs> benchmark is moving all the time you know so what yeah. was considered green 10 years ago like in, in the past we would have talked a lot about something being recyclable and you're still hearing it quite a bit, but recyclable matters very little if you're not using recycled content in yourself. And so now you're seeing more and more products that are recyclable and recycled. So and, and then the other like forms of greenwashing is like saying something. So overall, what we have to do in the overdeveloped world is to reduce our consumption levels. They're just completely out of whack. They're not sustainable. 
So if you see a business that is ends up selling more because of a change to their product, then you could class that as greenwashing. So the perfect thing is you have a reusable container that you can wash and reuse, and that's been replaced with a single-use compostable container. So that single-use compostable comp container, even though it might be compostable, is actually going to end up using more resources overall than the reusable container. Oh, so wow. that would be an example of greenwashing. Mm. Mm. If the company is aware you know, it does that intentionally. That would be the caveat I would put in because yeah. a lot of companies think, oh, compostable is so much better. But whereas you a reusable plastic container might be much more sustainable than a single use compostable yeah. uh, container. And it isn't wow. black and white. That's where a lot of the confusion comes in. I totally see that. So it's... Um... <laughs> If I come back to to my favorite subject, you know, yoga, that's that's what it feels like to me when I kind of see some yoga classes that have the shape of yoga, you know, but then there's so much over instruction and, and beat and quick movement. And so there is never that arriving at yourself, but just the end goal of satisfaction, you know, like you're satisfied that you moved and you feel exhausted and you challenged yourself. And I often, you know, like... Um, Maybe that's a little bit a uh, comparison to that for me. You get kind of... lost in the detail rather than like, it's like, I much prefer to talk about the principles. People yeah. often will ask me, oh, is this better than that? Yeah. And the answer usually is it depends. Mm -hmm. um, and unless you did a life cycle analysis between one product and another, it's impossible to say if one is better than another. But the principles of sustainable living are really helpful. So If what you're doing reduces consumption overall, yeah. then it's a good bet that the decision is a good one. You know, that's the right way to go. Um, and then also, you know, that it is not harmful to the natural world or to humans. So less toxins, that's generally something that you can be fairly confident is a good decision. So those sorts of principles um, I talk through on the website, but what you'll find is that people want quick, simple answers, because that's how our societies are set up. We're used to that. Mm. And when you sort of say, well, it depends, mm -hmm. you can see people, no, no, just tell me, is bamboo mm -hmm. clothing better than organic cotton? And you're going, well, you know, and like that's where people tune out. And it's actually where companies capitalize because mm -hmm. they're very quick to tell you, oh, uh, our sustainable bamboo collection. Yeah. And then you want to convince yourself that that is a more sustainable choice. And so you buy it. Whereas actually, if you've perfectly good clothing in your wardrobe, that's actually way more sustainable than a buying a bamboo collection uh, uh, garment or something. Oh, I love what you're saying, you know, like, um, because for a moment, I, I kind of followed you down the rabbit hole and I thought like, my God, I don't know anything about sustainability as we're going along with the conversation, like you might have felt initially, you know, and now I'm so glad that we're talking. It's just really, really simple, you know, just be aware, be aware of what you're doing. You know, are you overusing the car? Are you whatever it is, you know, like, are you buying too much? You know, can you produce this at home instead of buying containers for it? I was just thinking about my yogurt, you know, I love making yogurt. And so we don't have all these kind of yogurt um, pots, pots, you know, that kind of go into the bin and Yeah, super. And the, what you find is, I know when I started, I would make some decisions 
based on certain information. But then when I learned new information, then I just adjust those decisions. And that's perfectly okay because Mm -hmm. like somebody who is making yogurt with plant-based milk Mm. will have a different impact than somebody who's making it with dairy milk. Mm. That will depend on whether that dairy milk is produced locally or whether it's produced abroad. And, um, you know, there's so many factors, but Mm. most of us, I find like when I go shopping, I do try and buy package free as much as possible. So I try not to get lost in the weeds of whether this packaging is better than that packaging. I just aim to buy package free Mm. as much as I can. I aim to buy as much organic as I can and locally grown seasonal fruit and vegetables. And then I just forget about the rest because I'm not going to know whether this tomato sauce is better than that tomato sauce. It's like, no, I'm just going to focus on the bits I know are more sustainable. And then when they bring in carbon footprinting on products, they'll lay put it on labels on the food products. Then I won't have to do the thinking. And it's impossible to do the thinking. Like I said, you need a life cycle analysis. So why fill our lives with that sort of noise? Yes. Just if you think to yourself, how am I reducing my overall consumption of resources? Mm. And that could be water or energy or plastic or goods. If I'm doing that, then you're on the right track and just don't worry about the small stuff. I have a final question for you. Do you think uh, sustainability is your spirituality or your kind of connection to whatever the higher divinity or has that become something for you that has taken on a higher power, so to speak? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's definitely fits. It clicks with me. It resonates with me. Um, I've always had an issue with waste, um, like just not from an environmental point of view, but it just felt morally wrong to waste what you've been given. And so I think I sort of found my calling, whether it's uh, divine, I don't know. Um, I might find out at the end of my life. (laughs) I get that answer. But I definitely feel much more satisfied Mm -hmm. on a spiritual level doing this work And I did because I was previously I trained as um, a spatial designer and worked as an interior architect for 15 years. And although I enjoyed it, Mm. I didn't feel like I was contributing to something bigger than me. Whereas Mm. doing this, I feel I am and it feels right. And um, I, I do like living lightly in Ireland. I'm very lucky to be supported by some readers of the website, but they just pay for the hosting and stuff like that. I don't make money to live on from it um and so i'm not doing this to pay the bills but i'm doing it because i believe it's the right thing to do and so and i do think my life is so much more so much richer and so much more rewarding doing this than it was previously where i I probably struggle to know what my purpose was and i don't feel that now i love it Um, I know this is so off-putting when we talk about the divine or spirituality um, for it because it's such yoga jargon, you know, but it's, um, I meant it in a way um, to reveal also that's, that being in, in context or in contact with greater things often means like to look into the depth of your emotions and fulfillment. And that's all it is, you know, like, most philosophers from the West would have said something along the lines, you know, I'm just trying to be a good human. 
and that might be you know the extent of of being in 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 awe and aware of that we are not alone you know and that's all that, that i would recognize in saying like you know the divine is just a connection or showing us that we are all interconnected so um, ah, that's it because the people have such different definitions of divinity wow. yeah. but i i totally agree with you i mean i do feel mm. more connected to <clears throat> to humanity because and actually i think that that's what sustainability the challenge of sustainability and the climate chaos is that we now are seeing how interconnected we are that somebody mm. putting carbon into the atmosphere across the globe is having an impact on us here and vice versa and so i think that it's actually i think that might be what humanity is struggling with a lot because yeah. particularly in the western world we have moved to uh, individualism a lot and yeah. i know we were talking we don't want to bring politics into it. it's really hard not to because our society is based on our political ideals and I think that for us to resolve the climate crisis, we have to work collectively. And that's not something that comes very easily to a lot of people in the yeah. overdeveloped Western world. So that journey, I was saying, might start with reducing plastic or whatever. And it ends up with you having a heartfelt conversation with somebody about your concerns, about your children's future or what we're doing to the natural world you know so you don't think you're going to do that when you start reducing your plastic but <laughs> you sort of end up there and it might sound uh you know unattractive to some people who've never done that before but it's just it's so much you feel so much more alive I feel uh, yeah you know, yeah I love that you say that I really actually totally respect that and um yeah I'm also grateful that you have so much knowledge and you came in with all this wisdom to the show. Thank you so much. And with uh, really a care and yeah, I would recommend supporting you, you know, or at least kind of start by looking at your blog, Lightly Living in Ireland. We will have that in the show notes for the listener. So you can just click on the link and as Elaine was saying, she needs a little bit of sponsorship just to keep the blog going. So if you feel like you want to help her along, please do. Yeah. Or even just like so not everyone has disposable income. So sharing mm -hmm. the link with friends. And I, I should mention that my articles are all based on academic research and government reports and nonprofit oh. organizations. So that because you know yourself, you can find anything you want on the Internet. You have to be careful yes. of your sources. And I don't do sponsored posts because I mention mm -hmm. a lot of brands on the company, on the website, but that's just so people can find them. But I feel if I ever took sponsorship from a company, then I'm no longer um, objective. And so I don't do sponsored posts or anything like that or affiliate links or anything like that. So I really don't make any money. And that's fine. I'd almost prefer the information to get out to people so that it makes yes. it easier for them to live yeah. sustainably. Yeah, that's what I heard you saying. And I appreciate that uh, generosity, you know, of giving without wanting something back. So that's truly giving to me um, and contributing. Is there, I'd like to ask my guests, uh, is there something that you want to say to the listener? Well, I would say for anyone who's thinking of, I, probably a lot of your listeners are already living sustainably and I applaud them for it if they are. Um, I would encourage them to not lose hope because sometimes I think if you're living sustainably it feels like not enough people around us are doing likewise um in my experience change is slow and so you can show through your actions rather than telling people what they should do and for anyone who is not 
living trying to live sustainably or haven't really changed how they live now and they might have a bit of climate anxiety I think if you actually start doing something tomorrow you'd be amazed at how that resolves a lot of the climate anxiety just the very act of doing something and then you'll end up getting connected to people who are like-minded and once you do and when you do that you it really helps to the climate anxiety dis dissipate in my experience all forms of anxiety are driven by a sense of disconnect from other people and a sense of isolation yeah. and once you connect with other humans who feel the same then it really does wonders for our mental health so you know sustainable living is very good for your mental health as well as everything else so I think yeah. it's give it a yeah. go and oh, you may give it up if you don't like it I hope you wouldn't but I mean just yeah. try a few things and see how you get on yeah. And so if you can't think environment, think about networking and falling into networking and falling in love with yourself again, you know, like if that's if that could be another new subtitle to sustainability, you know, I'm sure a lot of more people would. <laughs> would but, well, this is the thing. And actually, I find that because we're so individualistic in the Western world, mm -hmm. you do have to write with that in mind. That's what I find, you know you know, save yourself money by living sustainably, even though, you know, you can, you absolutely can. But personally, I'm more interested in how do I help others by living sustainably? Yeah. That's what floats my boat. And it's much more yeah. rewarding, but that's not what people search for <laughs> in Google. No, exactly. And, um, and it doesn't matter. That's what, I mean, if, if I want to sum up the show, um, I wanted to say to the listener, you know, key point here was, it doesn't matter where you start, you know, or what reason you start with, you know, whatever kind of triggered you or whatever kind of got you hooked, really use that. It don't be so guilt written or, you know, listen to your monkey mind about like it should have a higher thing in it, but just do it, you know, because any good deed ends up in, you know, like having and creating good reactions i don't want to say karma because it sounds so you know some people know have a different mean. um but it does and karma. you meet yeah. in my experience the people who are involved in sustainable sustainability are generally very generous mm. and open-hearted and mm -hmm. they're in just a nicer class of people and so it's you make the yeah. loveliest friends actually in it yeah. and, and i have a network of people and we should be competitors because i do consultancy on the side which is uh, to do with the uh, circular design it's a different uh, thing but you know we should be competitors in that sphere but we're not we help each other and we share resources and stuff like that and i do think that you find that in the sustainability world a lot more than you might in other sectors and so it's really beneficial a nice group of people generally great <laughs> add me to it um thank you again elaine for coming today my pleasure i'm absolutely delighted it was great chatting to you yeah, great chatting to you and thank you for listening and dear listener and I see you on my next show.